Welcome to the Stakeholders Podcast, the show where we try to answer the question, what's at stake? We dive into how an organization's pursuit of their objectives affect or are affected by the people. Our guests come from the private industry, government, education, and more to discuss how they manage with their stakeholders in mind to achieve long-term success. Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Stakeholders Podcast. Today, we have Angel Garcia. He is actually the district representative in Oxnard for Senator Jackson. And uh, I want to thank you for uh, being here, uh, Angel. Um, why don't you give us a little bit more details about what you do, um, what your role entails? Of course. Thanks for having me, Andy. So like Andy said, my name is Angel Garcia, born and raised in Oxnard. Uh, kind of been a sort of an advocate of Oxnard. I started off um, doing a town hall on homelessness while during my senior year at CSUCI. I then became the community relations commissioner for the city of Oxnard. And then from there, I've been the vice chair of my local neighborhood neighborhood, uh, neighborhood council for about three years now. So I have a pretty long career of public service and I'm proud of that. I'm proud to call myself a servant leader and I'm happy to have been able to assist Senator Jackson's constituents as far as state resources. So kind of the little things that we do at Senator Jackson's office, we help prepare her for memos, for events. Uh, we probably take her from point A to point B at times. If a constituent has a question that involves any state resources, for example, EDD is a really big one right now, given what's going on with COVID-19. So we assist many constituents throughout Santa Barbara County and Ventura County on behalf of Senator Jackson, and we do a really good job. And I look forward to going to more detail throughout this interview, Andy. Yeah, man. Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, that's actually like really cool how you explained everything. Um, and I really respect what you guys did uh, with the communication club, specifically in CSC Channel Islands. Like you guys have this really noble cause for homelessness. Um, as far as uh, Senator Jackson, who you speak behalf of, who are you usually speaking in front of for her? Of course. So majority of the times it's her constituencies of Senator of Senate District 19. So uh, oftentimes we as district rep, we arrange meetings on behalf of Senator Jackson with constituencies at her local offices to assist them with casework. Let's say if they have an issue with the DMV, the unemployment office, it varies all across the board. Any state agency, you name it, Senator Jackson's office or your state local officials can assist you with. You'd be surprised what your state representatives can do to assist you. Uh, we can also speak to council members on her behalf if she gives us permission. If let's say, for example, she is in support of a specific ordinance that the city is trying to pass, we can go to public comment and speak to that in support of that on her behalf. We can present certificates or awards to local leaders or constituencies on her behalf. It, it's, it varies all across the board. And it's one of the great things that we as district representatives at in the local level can do to assist uh, Senator Jackson's constituencies on her behalf. That's really cool, actually. Um, you touched on a lot of major points that we're going to talk a little bit later in the interview. Um, and just for those of you listening, uh, Angel used the word constituents, and that's actually um, going to be the equivalent of a stakeholder, uh, especially mm. when you're talking politics. Um, so yeah, man, so that's a lot of really good points. Um, would you say that you help Senator Jackson 
understand her stakeholders better? Um, I would say so. You know, Senator Jackson knows her stakeholders very well. I mean, we're talking about a servant that has been in public service for decades. I mean, Senator Jackson has been in the assembly, started her career in the assembly in the 90s. And then from there, when she turned out, she then ran for state Senate, has been in office since. And her career is actually ending um, at the end of this year in 2020, December, she turns out. So what her next step is, I'm not sure. But, you know, Senator Jackson knows her stakeholders better than anyone. And I've learned a lot from her. And if anything, I've been able to understand her stakeholders more because of my colleagues at the district office that have been with Senator Jackson throughout her career. So if anything, I've come to realize, I've come to better understand her stakeholders because of the leadership of Senator Jackson and my supervisors at the district office. That's really cool. That's exactly what you usually want to hear from our elected officials. They oh, yeah. want to make sure that they know who they're representing because without that, democracy kind of falls apart, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really inspirational. That's really cool to hear that we have such dedicated servants as you and Senator Jackson. Um, would you say that, um, well, I mean, obviously you have to play a hand in this, but would you say that you play a hand in educating Senator Jackson on what her constituents uh, want or may even need? Um, that's, kind of, that's kind of a difficult question because, you know, Senator Jackson is really good at understanding the thoughts of her constituencies. I mean, we're talking about elected representative that has been in service for a, you know, a few decades, you know? And, um, you know, let's say if, if, let's say for example, if she, sometimes she asks us, you know, what are people saying on the phones? You know, how are their thoughts on this piece, on this bill or that bill? You know, we then share like the, the ratio, like how many people called in support or in opposition of that. And we try to, we, we find like those um, kind of the lines that they genuinely repeat as to why they support or why they oppose a certain bill. We then share that to Senator Jackson on behalf of the constituent so she can try to better understand the point of views of her constituencies, why they feel that way, which helps her determine whether to vote yes or no on a specific bill in Sacramento. No, and that's actually very important in stakeholder and business and politics. I mean, if you're not taking that information in, and obviously one person can't be everywhere, so that's where mm -hmm. uh, the system kind of comes in, right? Yes. Um, so taking in that information and actually understanding if this is working or not is very important. So uh, that's perfect, that's awesome. Uh, and so would you say that maybe you're a little bit more um, outward facing, like you're doing the communication instead of taking in information to bring back to Senator Jackson? Mm, I mean, I feel I do a little bit of both. Uh, I communicate stuff on behalf of Senator Jackson and I also communicate things on behalf of the constituencies. So I learn more, I learn information from the constituencies and I learn information from my boss and my supervisor, so Senator Jackson and my district director and my deputy district director and my fellow colleagues that are also district reps, you know, and information is so quick and it's changing, you know, at moment's notice. So it could be quite difficult to keep up at times, but it's important that you stay up to date on what's going on in Sacramento and in the local issue so you can communicate those on be to uh, so pretty much whatever is going on at the local level 
um, issues at local city councils or uh, just kind of, you know, what's going on in her district. I communicate that information to Sandra Jackson just so she can stay informed and updated. Nice. And would you say that yourself growing up in Oxnard, um, you have a little bit more of an understanding of how the community works and functions. And does that allow you to have uh, a better channel of communication? With oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, me just constantly keeping updated, watching the city council meetings, you know, when someone kind of knows something, you can tell it, that they genuinely know about it by the way they communicate it, you know? And I think that's what's great. I really encourage your listeners to really stay updated on the local issues. You know, your local issues are what really impacts your everyday day to life. So I encourage you to watch your council meetings, your planning commission meetings, your board of supervisors meetings. These meetings are very important and try to keep a, um, you know, continuously research what's going on in Sacramento because these things that's passed will impact your daily life. And it may not be as fun or interesting as what can go on at the federal level sometimes, especially with local meetings. But hey, it, it feels really great, especially at the local level because you have more of a say, because you can do the public comment, you can connect with your council members. I mean, these are your representatives, you know? So I really encourage um, you as listeners, you know, do your part and be a leader and try to be more involved with your community. You, you'd be surprised of what you learn and how much of a difference you can make once you get involved. Yeah, that's actually um, really, really important. I mean, taking part in democracy is, it, it's kind of part of the whole system. Um, would, would you say that like, that's the way that you usually communicate or get the communication back from like the events that you just described? Of course, yeah, you know, it's not so much D democracy in that type of sense, you know, I mean, you can definitely take the lessons you've learned uh, that you've learned when you attend these meetings and you take it to the booth. But all in all, it creates a better community because when you get involved, you start to connect with the ones that are involved and care about the community as much as you. And when you put great minds alike together that are passionate and making a difference, you'd be surprised what you can do for the betterment of the community. And you see that in Oxnard, people make something as simple as making a Facebook page can do wonders. You know, you create a flyer, you put that out there. And next thing you know, you have 40, 50 people coming out. It's a big success. You do it again next year and it, you know, it continuously grows. So it's not just for democracy. It's for making your community a better place for all and you know leadership begets leadership all it takes for you is to do that one step up and you and it's contagious you know you can inspire others or you can really push people to get involved they can say hey you know what andy joseph is doing that podcast on that you know what let me give it a shot or let me participate in this you know and then it kind of becomes contagious and it builds and builds and builds so that's something i really encourage not just for the betterment of democracy, but for the betterment of your own community. Yeah, actually, I have a very similar philosophy. I believe that it's kind of like a passing it forward type of thing. Yes, passing the baton. Passing the baton is very important. Yeah. Um, so kind of like talking about com the community, um, do you think that in areas that are a little bit lower wealth, um, 
it's a little bit more difficult for people to get involved with local government? You know what, I would say it's actually quite the opposite, Andy. You know, people, they come from uh, socioeconomic communities that don't have the, the, the strong opportunities as much more wealthier areas. You'd be surprised at advocacy they have. I mean, these farm worker nonprofits like Cause and Mike Hawk or whatever, those, those uh, organizations do a really good job. Your local neighborhood council. So the local neighborhood council was a replacement of the neighborhood watch. And it kind of brings in more of the community aspect. So what, how the neighborhood councils function is you get together play, uh, people of that neighborhood, you come together, you discuss things, then the chair and the vice chair take that to the city council and speak on behalf of the views of the neighborhood, you know? And, and all the, you'd be surprised what people from these, these communities that may not be as fortunate as others, their advocacy is strong and they're very passionate and they wanna do well for others. You wanna make sure that they're represented. And you know, when you can count on them to come out, they absolutely do. And what, when you're involved, you, you, you definitely see the, the grassroots, the passion, especially now with COVID-19. I mean, what people have done to support farm workers, the essential workers, the frontline workers, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I participated in this volunteer effort with the Port of Wainimi, where we would get, we would partner up with different organizations to provide uh, groceries, a uh, laundry detergent, uh, high, personal hygiene types of items to farm workers. I mean, and we would have a line of cars and we would just give it to them. They go through to station to station, pick up the items. And it's, it's, it's great, you know? So you definitely would be surprised of what communities can do if they're passionate about a topic. That's really great to hear. I mean, yeah, especially in Oxnard, uh, where uh, Angel um, is uh, the district representative for, uh, there is a large farming community. So that's mm. awesome to hear. Yes. Um, the next question, I actually want to dive a little bit more into the stakeholder theory and kind of um, there's this uh, separation between primary stakeholders and secondary stakeholders. And the primary stakeholders are the ones that usually organizations have, um, they're directly affecting or are directly affected by. Um, would you say that there's that kind of separation um, as far as it comes to your district and how Senator Jackson deals uh, with her constituents? I mean, I would say that, you know, definitely, and this could be with any state rep, you know, their bills does, do impact their stakeholders, which is their constituencies. I mean, for example, AB5, that changed the gig economy of the state of California just with one bill. And that, that's, one, that's one example of how a bill that was done by a state legislature can impact the primary stakeholder, which in this case is the constituencies. Yeah, and I think that we've had a conversation before where it's um, the secondary stakeholders kind of encapsulate the area around uh, mm -hmm. like her direct representation. Um, so I think that that's really important too because the good the Senator Jackson does in our area could just bleed out and start um, uh, positively affecting other communities, which is really cool. It's, it's a, that's the idea of just making good change. So, oh awesome. yeah, absolutely. And the good thing is about Senator Jackson is she's authored bills 
that with past they've affected other uh, different states throughout the country. You know, people see that this bill that Senator Jackson passes, and then they kind of get some inspiration, and then it kind then other states start to do that. I mean, things that are simple as such as equal pay, equal opportunity, or having women on corporate boards. Like you know, like I said before, leadership begets leadership. You see a good leader like Senator Jackson passing these very important bills that she has authored, other state reps see that and they're like, you know what, why doesn't our state do that? And then they start writing it, you know? So that's kind of one of the examples of just how important it is to stay in tune as to what your state reps are doing and the good that they're doing in your community. Yeah, I think, dude, it's really funny because um, there is a nonprofit called B Lab, which has been picking up steam, and what they do is they actually certify corporations and they uh, make sure that these corporations have language in their corporate documents to say, "Hey, we are going to do good for society." And this has been slowly snowballing. We have Patagonia and Ben and Jerry's and like all of these things that kind of come together, and like the bigger companies are starting to like buy into it, and Unilever's looking into it. So it's a very similar thing in government. So you're very right about how leadership just kind of gets passed on and it's very uh, contagious. Right? Absolutely. You know, and you look at, you look at brands like Patagonia. I mean, let's be real though. They're very expensive, but you can tell though that people have a big respect for Patagonia for what they do. You know, like everyone speaks so positively about it and they're a well-recognized organization because of their culture and how they run their organization and then other companies try to do that same progressiveness that, that like Patagonia has done. And this could go to a small brewery, to a big national corporation, you know? So it, leadership begets leadership. If you're doing something positive, guaranteed your customers are going to like that, you know? And other companies are going to want to do that. It's that simple, you know? It shouldn't be so difficult to do the right thing, you know? And Typically, when you do the right thing, it pays off, especially as for an organization in a company. It shouldn't be so hard to do the right thing. Yeah, it's, um, it's just hard because sometimes our economy falls back on this thing called shareholder primacy, where yeah, our executives are only focused on making the most amount of money for the shareholder. And sometimes managers are just stuck in that position because they're, that's what they've been told. That's what they've been taught. And that, that's why I think our education has to... Um, also teach uh, the students how to do that. So uh, that's that's really um, it's really funny how how these two different industries, uh, government and business, kind of come together and have so much in common. Um, oh yeah, you'd be surprised. I mean, look at the federal government with the depend the defense department. They have a lot of contractors that that work uh, with the defense department, like those organizations like uh, Boeing and uh, Northrop Grumman and Booz Allen Hamilton. These are old companies that have contractors that help the Defense Department. So the, the Defense Department is sort of a good example of that. It's, um, it's kind of, it, they both work together with, you have a public um, entity working with a private entity, both working to fuel the machine of the Defense Department, which is a, a federal government, uh, a sector of the federal government. Yeah, that, that's a very, very direct connection right there. 
Um, so bringing it back down a little bit to um, our level, just because I feel um, that there's some more stuff to dig out of there. Um, so within um, a community, obviously there are certain key opinion leaders, right? So it's like certain people that have a lot of sway in how people think and per um, perceive um, how things are basically. Would you say that in, um, in your experience and in your job, you interact with these people often and if so who are they and how are those interactions mm, that's a really good question you know it it's kind of tough at the local level to kind of be that person that kind of has a say in certain things you know we you know we as community members we sometimes look to uh local leaders like what are their thoughts on this this could be your mayor or council member or your state rep um, for my position, it kind of varies, you know, because we get calls from constituents and local leaders on their thoughts on certain things, uh, you know, or they announce it via their local newspaper, their support or opposition to something. So it varies, you know, and sometimes those communications uh, take place directly with the representatives. I mean, throughout the entire state, I mean, you, I, state reps have um, sometimes have meetings with leaders uh, with like housing bills, for example, as to like how they feel if it can be a, a positive or a negative. So yeah, that definitely that communication does ensue, you know, with with, um, with leaders that are very passionate of a certain area, they have that communication with the representatives and share their feelings about it and have that discussion. Yeah, that's uh, very well put. Well, Angel, um, listen, I want to say thank you very much for uh, being on episode three. Um, uh, I mean, you've been a friend for a while and I really appreciate it. Um, this is actually a question I like to ask all of our, all of our guests. Um, and really it's, it's what's at stake, meaning how do uh, your responsibility allow for the government system to be more successful in the long term? And really what are the ramifications for not considering your uh, constituents? I see. Um, you know, it's pretty tough. You know, I think as district representatives, I think we need to be passionate about what we do. And for me, I'm really passionate about what I do. I'm very honored. And to be able to work for a great leader like Senator Jackson and to be able to serve her constituencies. I mean, Oxnard is my home and I'm very passionate about serving her constituents, you know, it, especially right now when it comes to unemployment. I mean, I, I'm on it. I, I fight for her constituents. I mean, I give, I give my work cell phone number to many constituencies, yeah, to many of her constituents. They're always calling me, Angel, what's gonna happen with this? Angel, what should I do next with this? You know, I'm always communicating with her constituents on her behalf and it, I just do my best to help to help her constituencies. And that always reflects well on her sen on, on Senator Jackson. And you, like I said before, Andy, leadership begets leadership. When you're work for a passionate leader like Senator Jackson, and when you work for passionate uh, district directors like James Joyce, Patty Kedos, and when I work with a passionate team of district rep representatives, that makes me passionate about what I do. And that's why I think it's really important that for district representatives, we, we are working on behalf of our uh, senator and or elected representatives. We should do what we can, what's best 
for our constituencies to help them. And this is for any government employee. You know, I think government employees, we should just be passionate in assisting others because that's typically our job. You know, we, we, we help people as much as we can. And I, I think that's what it is, you know, and I like, you know, you, like you see across the board, leadership is very important, especially in government. When you have a passionate leader, more than likely that organization is going to be run really well. So be passionate, make sure that, and this goes for anything, you know, even like a, a private company, you know, it, if, if the passion is not there, you can be kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? It, it doesn't feel that, doesn't give you that drive. It doesn't ignite your flame, you know? So I think that's what's important. Be passionate and work for a leader that's passionate about what they do because leadership begets leadership. Angel, thank you very much again uh, for um, uh, being a guest on this podcast. Um, so once again, this is Angel Garcia. He's a district representative in the city of Oxnard for Senator Jackson in California. Um, thank you very much for being man. And you have a good day. Of course, you too, Andy. Thank you.